Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, this is day two of us seeing a concert together in yeah, a row. Yeah, back to back. We went to the Rebecca Luker songbook at Symphony Space on Monday yeah. night with just, I mean, every soprano Everybody. in New York pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just so much talent and so cool. That was a really fun event. Loved uh, it. You, Amazing. If you, if you don't know what that's all about, uh, real quick, it's... Um, they did this thing, I think about a decade ago, where they asked a bunch of composers to put poems to music and write them specifically for Rebecca Luker to sing. Yeah. And they got. She was like, all on board, even though yeah. they did not expect her to do so. She was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was a surprise to her. They didn't know they were, she didn't know they were doing it. And they got 88 songs. And through the course of her life, she was only able to uh, premiere 18 of them. And so they premiered yeah. another 20 and had another four that she'd already done in there. There were some great ones, I have to say. So much fun. The one that stole the show for me was Scarlett Strahan singing, um, what is it, Soprano Repertoire or something? Not funny. Yeah. Not funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. That was so, so much So great. Fun. Brought the house down. Yeah, and so tonight we are going, for Tuesday night, we are going to 54 Below to see the Pretty Pants Bandit show in concert, which is something I did an interview with last week. So if you want to hear more about that show, check it out in the feeds. Of course, you can hear everything here on Broadway Radio before anywhere else at patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Ashley, we have talked a lot about this particular theater over the last few years, especially. But mm-hmm. today we are talking about them in terms of the 2023 Regional Theater Tony Award. That is because the Tonys announced that California's Pasadena Playhouse will receive the honors this year. That comes with a $25,000 grant made uh, with the support of City National Bank. The Pasadena Playhouse is the official state theater of California, so good for them. They have been involved with premiering such works by incredible playwrights like Tennessee Williams, Eugene O'Neill, Susan Laurie Parks. Maybe have heard of some of those people as well as, yeah, yeah, as well as premiering a number of shows that ended up on Broadway. Most recently, we've talked about them over the last couple of years because of some really inventive productions they've done, especially that. Uh, production of Little Shop of Horrors that they did with uh, George Salazar and uh, MJ Rodriguez. Yeah. And then this season, they are doing this whole Sondheim retrospective. Currently, yes, a little night are. music is running through this I wish I was weekend. there. I know. Um, but really, really incredible. And uh, congratulations to them. I've never been there. Very I've never well been to deserved. California. Yeah, I know. Me neither. Me neither. And I know when I eventually do make it to California, it will either be specifically to go to theater or yeah. going to see shows is going to be a very massive part of the trip. Yeah, absolutely. Especially so at Pasadena Playhouse. Yeah, with them and like La Jolla and yeah, uh, and a bunch of other places, especially in 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 uh, in Southern California. Definitely some fun stuff there. But congratulations so to them. Very excited and, yeah. and would love to see more of their stuff come east. So maybe we can see it a little bit better or bring us out west. Oh yeah, either one. Someone wants yeah, to pay for me to go out west. That's if someone from Pasadena Playhouse is listening, we will gladly fly free of charge to see a show. Yeah. I mean, or or four shows if you want to do that. Yeah, if you hear there, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we had another set of awards announced on Monday, and those were the Cheetah Rivera Awards, which of course recognize dance both on stage and on screen. We'll run through a list of the winners. The outstanding choreography of a Broadway show went to Stephen Hoggett for a Beautiful Noise. Outstanding dancer in a Broadway show. There were actually three winners, which is. 
great. Uh, I don't know yeah. if that's a tie. I, these are non uh, gender, non gendered categories, so there's a little bit of of that, perhaps why they have multiple winners as well. But outstanding dancer on a Broadway show, the winners were Robin Herder from A Beautiful Noise, Jess Laproto from A Beautiful Noise, and Maddie Love for Bob Fosse's Dancing. Outstanding ensemble on a Broadway show, also two winners. Bob Fosse's Dancing in New York, New York. Um, outstanding choreography in a film went to Jamal Sims for 13, the musical. And outstanding direction of a documentary release went to Dan Watt for Everybody Dance. There were special recognitions that covered some off-Broadway work. Outstanding dancers in an off-Broadway show went to two people who were very well-deserving. I loved this show more than most people did. But Gabby Diaz and Ryan Steele both won for Only Gold. Outstanding mm. choreographer, outstanding choreography in an off-Broadway show, Andy Blankenbuehler for Only Gold. Lifetime Achievement Award went to John Kander, I guess, for writing some great vamps for people yeah, to dance to. Yeah, just doing anything, yeah. And Ambassadors for the Arts Award went to Broadway HD and its co-founders, the husband and wife team of uh, Bonnie Comley and Stuart F. Lane. So congratulations to all of those winners. All right, let's get into some show and casting news. And this one is one that is very exciting uh, because we already knew a little bit about the upcoming classic stage company revival of the 1962 musical I Can Get It For You Wholesale that is set to begin performances on October 10th and will continue to run through December 3rd. We already knew that the show would be directed directed by Chip Coleman and will feature Tony winner Santino Fontana and Tony nominee Judy Kuhn. We got more Ugh, casting. The fact that she's just a Tony nominee is so upsetting. It is, it is very upsetting. Um, but we had even more people announced to this cast and they are each and every one of them stupendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Adam Chandler Barrett. In the cast. Eddie Cooper in the cast. Greg Hildreth in the cast. Rebecca Naomi Jones in the cast. Sarah Steele in the cast. And what's interesting is this show was the Broadway debut of Barbara Streisand playing the role of Miss Marmalstein, which is yep. the famous song that she created. Old. Yes, that cast will be announced or that cast member will be announced at a later date, as will members of the ensemble. So very excited about this. Uh, This is the kind of stuff that you love about classic stage because it's a show that I mean, I've never heard of it being done. So yeah, I don't know the last time there's been any major production of it, maybe London decades ago. Yeah. And the fact that you get this group. To do it so great, and that's how you perfect. do it. That's yeah. how you do the show. Other than you know, classic stage company, that's mainly their purpose. But to have a show that not many people are familiar with, you better have an exceptional cast, and that is this. Absolutely, very excited. All right, speaking of another show that we've, I mean, almost never see done because it's never really been a stage show before, although it is an iconic. MGM Warner Brothers movie. Yesterday, Goodspeed Musicals announced additional casting for its upcoming world premiere of the adaptation of Summerstock that is set to run from uh, July 7th through August 7th in East Haddam, Connecticut. We'd already talked about the fact that Danielle Wade and Corbin Blue were going to be leading the company. We have more people joining the cast. We uh, know that Ariana Rosario will be in the cast, as will Broadway favorite Will Rowland, Vianne Cox 
who has done a number of shows at, at Good Speed, yeah. actually. Yep. Um, she'll be, jo- they'll be joined by Ariana, Ariana Rosario, uh, Gilbert L. Bailey, Stephen Lee Anderson, and J. Anthony Crane. Additional cast members in the ensemble. You can find their names in the show notes as well. And then this is one, I don't think we talked about this last week and it was, it might have been, I think it was announced while I was traveling and I missed getting it in Possibly. Monday's show. But this is something that I feel like if you don't know about, Ashley, you're going to freak out. But it was announced that coming up on June 27th on HBO and then conversely on the newly renamed Mac, uh, Max platform, Taylor Max, 24 decade history of popular music will be available. It will come after the concert film uh, performance uh, premieres at the Tribeca Film Festival at the beginning of June, also where the Waitress Pro Tape is going to premiere. Um, But then it is going to be available on HBO and on Max so that you can stream. I, 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 it's, is it the whole 24 hours? Are they doing the whole – did they film the whole 24 hours? I, I don't know what this is going to be. I can't imagine they're going to screen the 24 literal, literal straight hours at Tribeca Film Festival, but maybe they are. I don't know. Either way, this is fascinating and just another way that Taylor Mac continues to push the boundary of performance amazing, and performance amazing, art. Amazing. Yeah, one of the best live performance that's ever been done. I, I don't really know how this is constructed. I assume that they did film the full 24 hours and then it was constructed as a documentary. Judy's been promoting it a lot on Instagram over the past few weeks because um, it's going to be at Tribeca and it's going to have like several more screenings. Um, I am so, so looking forward to this. And there was a, um, I guess it ended in January, maybe the Museum of Art and Design in New York had all of Judy's costumes on exhibition because there was a Machine Dazzle exhibition there that was absolutely incredible. So you see just the amount of work that went into the costuming alone that is so replicated in every other aspect of the show. I I can't wait to see it on the screen. Yeah, I don't exactly know what it's going to be, but it sounds like it will be uh, thrilling no matter what All right, let's talk real quick about the reviews for the new Disney live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid. There's been a lot of online discourse about this since the very beginning. One, they are just doing it in general. Secondly, that they cast a black woman, Halle Bailey, as Ariel. And then so much more. The reviews have been coming out in there. Mixed to positive. Currently over at Rotten Tomatoes, it does have a critical score of 71%. I always feel like with the live action adaptations and like even MCU movies now, like there's some baked in bias to some of these critics where they just don't sure. like it. Sure. They just don't like them anymore. So I always kind of factor that in, but let's run through some of the reviews from some of the biggest uh, trade publications and stuff like that. Peter DeBruge from Variety said, quote, between Bailey's wide eyed urchin and McCarthy's, um, Melissa McCarthy playing Ursula, McCarthy's over the top, <laughs> over the top octo hussy, the movie comes alive. Not in some zombified form like reanimated Disney debacles Dumbo and Pinocchio, but in a way that gives young audiences something magical to identify with and fresh mermaid dreams to aspire to. Pete Hammond, writing for Deadline, said, quote, Bailey has a star is born role here and makes Ariel her own, even with the memories of Jodie Benson still alive from her vocal performance in 1989 in a Broadway version of the tale. 
Haver King brings just the right amount of swagger to the befuddled prince, and Bardem's underwater king is perfect with one incredibly poignant father-daughter moment that will bring tears by the time the critics roll. The vocal work of Diggs and the irrepressible Aquafina could not be better. Of course, I should have run through some of the other cast members from this. Rob Marshall is the director. Uh, David Diggs. Heard of him before. He plays him, yeah. Sebastian. Uh, Jonah Howard King plays Prince Eric. Jacob Tremblay plays Flounder. Aquafina plays Scuttle. Uh, Javier Bardem plays King Triton. And uh, Broadway alum from Cursed Child, uh, Noma Demeswini plays Queen Selena, yeah, who is a character that has never been seen before, but she is um, King Triton's late wife and Ariel's mother. So very fun there. Um, let's get to Maureen Lee Linker from Entertainment Weekly, who said, quote, this iteration of The Little Mermaid is the studio's freshest catch since it's kicked off its live-action trend with 2015 Cinderella, featuring a refreshing storyline that captures the magic of the original. Director Ma- Rob Marshall at last has found material that fits him as well as 2002's Chicago, his splashy theatrical style merging with the tropes of musical comedy and something darker around the edges. Now, mm-hmm. those are all those are all good. There yeah. are some that are not as good, I will, right. I will quote, uh, Ellen E. Jones writing for The Guardian, who said, quote, it hurts because The Little Mermaid, the original, is a true classic. Its song and dance numbers are among the best in the Disney canon. These have been revived with original composer Alan Minkin drafted and alongside Lin-Manuel Miranda to produce new toe tappers like the scuttlebutt. Once again, though, performances are fatally undermined by performers. Okay. Interesting. Um, but you know, I think for the most part, they're, they're mixed to positive. It doesn't sound like they are over the top raves, which. No. That's okay. That doesn't have to be for, for the critical things. I would imagine that the, as long as it doesn't get review, review bombed by racist incels, like I think the general audience which consensus. It is certainly will, will uh, at the very yeah. least on IMDb, which I don't care or look yeah. at anyway. Yeah, but for the most part, like, I think this is promising. So I'm excited to yeah. see it. I'm excited to see it. I'm definitely going to see it. I think a lot of the reviews have been, uh, pretty middle ground. We talked about it before we started recording, uh, that it's a 71 currently on Rotten Tomatoes with like 110 reviews from critics. Yeah. Um, the, and the only ones that I read before we recorded were negative ones. I don't remember who one of them was from, but one was from Aisha Harris at NPR who does pop culture happy hour and all that. Yep. Um, and really, really did not like it. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to tell. I think there are some things, it seems that there are definitely some weak performances and there's also the Disney-ness of it all, the Disney darkness of it all that I feel like what I've seen even from positive ones or heard from positive ones are consistent across both positive and negative reviews. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be some really exceptional performances in it as well, though. So I am looking forward to seeing it. It's not usually what I'm rushing to a theater to watch a Disney live action remake, but yeah. All right, let's wrap up the show with a couple feel-good recommendations. We have some highlights from the Washington, D.C. Kennedy Center Center Stage production of Monty Python's Spamalot. It is running through – oh, it's closed, actually. It was running through this past weekend, so Oop. they finally put out the – either way, they just put out the highlights. They are fun to watch. You weren't going to D.C. anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, Unfortunately not. 
Yeah. So the cast included Alex Brightman as Sir Lancelot, James Monroe Iglehart as King Arthur, as well as Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer, Rob McClure, Michael Urey, uh, Nick Walker, and others. So you can check those out in the show notes. And then Making History uh, as the very first Broadway musical to ever perform on the stage of The Voice on NBC, a show that I watched religiously, was Alex, which was Alex Newell singing independently owned from Shucked. I said it earlier this week, and I stick by it. Uh-huh. I have not seen all of the Tony-nominated Best Musicals. I will, as of this time, tomorrow. But this is my favorite. I, Ooh, I know you and I are going to talk about this later tonight, for sure. But yeah, I mean, exciting. I know people love Kimberly Akimbo. I like Kimberly Akimbo. I don't love it. But Shucked was far more interesting and far more exciting and far more uh, I loved compelling Shucked. to me. I really uh, Shucked loved is great. It. Yeah, yeah, really good. It's Came really good. good time. And so uh, excited for this, excited for more people. And this is part of something that I mentioned, I think, either last week or maybe it was on Monday's episode. I can't remember. I I don't think Shucked is going to win. I don't think but, so either. But they're campaigning really, really well. Like, yes. this, this, there's a great article that I will link in the show notes. Um, I believe it's from Variety. I've got to go back and find it. Uh, kind of deal, diving into how like they made a show about corn and like from originally being from Hee Haw that is now a Tony nominee for best musical. And I think they're really doing a good job of putting this show into a light that is accessible to maybe people who are Tony voters, but who maybe were just in town last week for the road show, but haven't had yeah, an opportunity sure. to kind of be fully ingratiated into the, into the discussion. So I, I don't think it's going to win. But I no. think they're campaigning really well and might have a chance to pull that upset, especially if people aren't as warm and fuzzy uh, uh, about Kimberly Akembo as some of the inside or some like it hot. are. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that one. But maybe, maybe that has a, a chance. I think it's one of those situations where it's like a Mean Girls thing, where it just kind of hit all the categories maybe. right. So it's got a ton of nominations. But I don't see that having a chance. Hard to me, to it tell. seems like yeah, I, maybe it is. Maybe it's a three way race. But to me, it's it's. Kimberly Akimbo and shocked with Kimberly firmly in the lead. Yeah. I feel like it's Kimberly Akimbo versus some like it hot, honestly. Um, I would love Shuck to pull out a victory, even though I am rooting for Kimberly Akimbo. I think the thing of the campaigning has a lot to do with just the fact that their marketing has been really good in general, um, from yep. like nobody knowing anything about it and still promoting the hell out of it, especially around the city, um, to doing a really good job at their for your consideration campaign. I think a lot more of that has to do with the fact they might know that they're third place behind Kimberly Akimbo or some like it hot, or at the very most second place behind Kimberly Akimbo, but they know they have a really strong contender in Alex Newell. So the more people that are hearing and talking about shucked, the more Alex Newell is going to be in the forefront of their conversation as well. Yeah. I, Look, on June 11th, I would love to say Tony winner, Alex Newell. Like, that, that would be, be so happy. Yes. That would be fantastic. So, um, looking at that category, like, I think he's probably in the lead. Maybe Kevin Delagula is also in contention. Justin Cooley from Kimberly Akimbo. I don't know, but like, yeah. I think Alex is in, is in the lead right now. I think so too. Yeah. I yeah. think Alex and Bonnie. And I will be very happy on June 11th if that is the case. Yeah, I, I, I don't see anybody 
contending with Bonnie. Betsy Wolf, I think, has a lot of goodwill, but I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think anyone else in that yeah. category has a shot to to win. So, and their campaigning uh, for Bonnie has also been excellent in the same level, and yes. for Kimberly Akimbo in general, because they know they have a stronger best musical race. But I mean, it's been really, really good for Bonnie. So I think both shows are kind of doing the same thing, and that they know that those should be lock-ins. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.